who's gonna turn down a junior mint? It's chocolate, it's peppermint, it's delicious. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? I couldn't hear you. How are you doing this morning? Okay, just making sure you're there. I'm glad to be in church. I hope you're glad to be in church this morning. I want to, I want to uh, start because inevitably, if you stand on a stage long enough, and I've been standing on a stage for 20 years, you say a few dumb things. And uh, so last week, somebody caught me saying something kind of dumb uh, that I want to correct. Uh, so last week, I made these exact words. I made this statement. This week, I'll be marrying my assistant. And somebody actually heard someone a few rows in front of them go, what? I thought he was married. What's going on here? So let me clarify. Yesterday, I had the privilege of presiding over the marriage of my assistant, Lizzie, who is here this morning, believe it or not. And her, her husband, John, they're up there in the booth right now. Right? So I'm not going to ask you all if you got any sleep. Anyway, that's another sermon, another day. All right. Glad you guys are here this morning, and uh, thank you for being a part of, of Church of the Lakes. And I know like, we're, it's tough right now with social distancing and all that. We've got quite a few people uh, that will be watching later online. Uh, we put the service online at 6.30 tonight on our online platform. So invite someone there. Um, obviously, with the spiking numbers kind of coming back, that has brought a little bit of fear back in some people and that kind of thing. And so, listen, we want to be... Like respectful, not everybody's in the same place. So if you're like this, you know, crazy conservative gun-toting wacko is like, we need to hug everybody. Like, I, I get it, but let's be a little sensitive, right? Like some people are still scared, fearful. Everybody has different perspectives. I was talking to some teachers this morning. They were talking about going back to school and they put out a survey and like half the parents are saying they don't want school to start and half the parents are saying they are. Um, and then other places, you know, in, in Orange County, they've got different. Anyway, all that to say a lot of confusion. Would you not agree? A lot of chaos in our culture right now. Would you not agree? Racial issues, which are very real and alive. In all of our hearts, I'll just go there and then I'll, I'm going to come back. We're, we're going to circle around. I want to talk about that today. But before, let me give you a couple quick announcements. One, I want to read you a quick letter. I want to thank you guys for your faithfulness in your giving. Right through this time period, even when we were doing online, our giving not only continued, sometimes it grew. And we've had more giving during this time period that's been amazing. So I wanted to remind you, because it's been a while since I've said, hey, here's some of the things that we do and the way that we do things. And by the way, if you'd like to know more about how we do finances, which is very, very unique, today, Life Step 2 is exactly what we talk about today. So would you come join us in Life Steps? You'll hear the vision of the church, how we do finances, how we structure our government, all that kind of stuff. But thank you for your faithfulness, because I got this letter uh, actually last week from... Um, from a girl named Christy, it, sa it, it says this, we support a ministry called Care for Pastors, which ministers to pastors and pastors' families, um, especially through crisis. Um, not every pastor is as blessed as I am to have an amazing church. Uh, there are a lot of pastors out there that have been chased off or, you know, the whole demon board came up against, de sorry, deacon board came up against them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like drove them off or, or that kind of thing. But anyway, so... This was a couple that, that kind of went through one of those scenarios, and Christy wrote this letter to Church of the Lakes. Hello, my name is Christy, and I'm a pastor's wife who has benefited from a relationship with Care for Pastors. I'm writing today to simply say thank you um, for your continued support, and it, it has provided a help for me as a pastor's wife and to my husband and to our congregation. I'm learning to trust again slowly, and I realize that God takes care of me, so Thank you for supporting Care for Pastors, and thanks for your support uh, for me as a pastor's wife, Christy from West Virginia. So I just want to say thank you, church, uh, for your continued giving. Yeah, you can give God honor for that and glory for that one. And then I also want to tell you something else that we had the opportunity to do, and 
regardless of where you fall in, in, the, in the racial chaos and what's going on, um, I learned of something this week. A lot of you know I'm a chaplain for the police department. Spent a lot of time at the police department, a lot more time at the police department over the last week and a half. Praying with chief, praying with some of, praying, I tell you who I've been praying with is some of our minority police officers. What an awkward position. Uh, what a strange place for them to be in at this time period. But here's what I learned this week, or last week, is uh, there are eight officers' wives at home right now who either just had a baby or are expecting. Young moms, I just want to ask you what you think it would be like to be at home with a baby and then kiss your husband, your spouse, to go off to a protest or off to his shift or that kind of thing. And so we realized, man, there's a bunch of young wives out there that are scared and kind of hurting and struggling. And so some of our ladies got together and put together care baskets. And Jen and I have been personally delivering to every one of the wives. Like we drove all over Claremont and Astatula and Montverde, uh, everywhere uh, last week. We still got a few more to do. But I just want to say thank you. That's another way that Church of the Lakes is just reaching out and loving and supporting someone. So that's because of you and because of your giving. And so thank you, thank you uh, for being so continually faithful. We sent out checks to all of our missions, which is about $6,000 worth of checks that went out to missionaries as far as Siberia um, and, and even as close as in our backyard with, with uh, homeless uh, ministry, come as you are ministries. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support giving. If you will, and I know right now this is kind of frustrating for some of you, but we are not handing out stuff because we're trying to be careful with COVID. And, and so what we're doing right now is we're using uh, electronics. For some of you, I know some of you said, depending on the the carrier you have, it's a little hard and, and you don't get great service in here. So I would just say, hey, get saved and get Verizon. Um, was a joke. I'm just kidding. I don't get any kickback. Although I should, I'm going to ask. Um, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. No, but if you can use your phone, what I would encourage you to do is go to our website, which is cotlakes.com. And then under that, there's a place where it says e-guide. And in the e-guide, it gives you an opportunity to interact with us through the guide. There's sermon notes in here. If you're a first-time guest, it gives you an opportunity to give us a little information and know that you're here. We would love to have you do that so we can follow up. But real quick, I'm going to go under events and tell you a couple things that are coming up before I get into the Word today. One, I want to remind you, we have an amazing tool that is free. It's free 99. Everybody likes free 99, right? It's called Right Now Media, and it is thousands and thousands of videos and discipleship and Bible studies and women's Bible studies and men's Bible studies and marriage Bible studies and kids Bible I mean, there's all kinds of, there's a whole kids section, thousands and thousands of videos for your kids. You can put it on, hit play and hand it to them in the back seat. And you know that it has some kind of godly content or moral to it uh, that will tie them back and teach them about God. So I want to remind you, just as easy as getting there on the website, there's a place that says Right Now Media and sign up and it's free. Our church pays for the subscription and they let us do as many subscriptions as we want. Even this, you ready? You got a friend that lives anywhere in the world, you can send them the link and they can sign up for free. Like that's the ministry of right now media. So let me encourage you. And at the bottom of sermon notes, if you've forgotten, I haven't said it for a while. I every week put a weekly suggestion from right now media that is a follow-up to whatever we're, t- we're talking about on that Sunday morning. Okay, so, so check that out. A couple other things that are going, of course, today is Life Step 2. Join me for that right after service. Tonight, youth group will be happening over at the Thrive Center. Uh, 6.30, join us for youth group. 6.30 is also online. Uh, campus tonight. So if you uh, want to invite somebody and the next week is Father's Day, right? And last year we had the most amazing tournament. So we decided to bring it back next week will be our second annual cornhole tournament. So all you good rednecks out there uh, that know how to throw a beanbag and somehow you grew up throwing a beanbag. I don't know what it is, but anyway, you're going to need a partner for next week. We're going to have food here. We're going to do it right outside in the back. And, um, and, and so come and be a part of that, but need you to register so we know how much food and we know if you're playing in the cornhole tournament. So you're going to need a partner, but you're going to register individually. When you get here, we'll ask you who your partner is. That makes sense? So get on there and sign up for us so we can plan food and all that. All right, let me jump into the word today. I, uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Um, chief of police calls me and said, I need you in my office. What are you doing? And I said, okay, I'm on my way. And we had all these conversations about protests and racism. And then 
I was privileged enough to be a part of a pastor's meeting that was black and white pastors from all this community. We all met over at First Baptist, kind of a closed door meeting for everybody to just talk. Like, let's just hear your story. Let's just hear your struggle, right? And I don't have to tell you, and I don't, I, I don't have to describe to you the madness that we see going on in our culture right now. And, and, and I think if we're honest, I think we're all a little bit confused. Like, like we're all wondering, like, where should I stand or where should I not stand and where do I stand up and how do I not stand up and should I post this or should I not post this? I mean, should I say this? Is this going to be taken wrong? Is this politically correct? One of our sister churches, who's part of ARC that we're a part of, uh, just recently the pastor liked a conservative person's post. And this week they have multiple campuses. Two of them are at high schools and their school board voted to kick them out of both of the high schools. We're in a crazy time period, would you not agree? I mean, it's just, it's just weird. It's just unprecedented. It's just, and it's uncomfortable. Like, even as I'm talking about it right now, I can feel it in the room, but like people are kind of like, where, where is he going? <laughs> right? You know, and, and, and for my brothers and sisters that are a little darker complected to me, like, what's the white man going to say? And some of the words and some of the things that we say without having the wrong heart, but come across so badly. And the issue that I've seen over and over again over the last couple of weeks, I don't have any of this in my notes. This is just my heart speaking to you as your pastor for a minute. What we're lacking is relationship. This is not relationship. I'm just going to go on record. Somebody's going to put this on YouTube or jack me up for it. I don't care. This is crap, y'all. And the media, all sides, all channels, it's toxic. It's toxic. I sat down with a young man who happens to be black and said, tell me your story. And he starts talking to me about his story. And before he got too far into it, I was in tears. Because I thought as a white man, I have, I've never walked into a store and been worried about people following me around. The police went into, <laughs> none of this is in my notes, so the Holy Spirit must want to talk to somebody. The police went into Birchwood the other night, which is a black community. And a bit aggressive. I've been in there multiple times, multiple times, been called Cracker and all kinds of fun, amazing names as I showed up with the police officers. And there's a woman and the car's there and a window's broken out and there are kids locked inside the car. Okay, these are five black kids locked inside the car. They're crying and they get the call and the police come. And when they come, here comes the neighborhood. And here comes the names and here comes accusations and the phones come out and we start filming and this whole crazy tense scenario. And the two white officers that made the call, of course, they're feeling defensive and aggressive and they're struggling with protocol and worried about what to say and all this. Out comes the, the mom finally. She's cussing and yelling and, and the whole scenario. The whole thing, listen to me, the whole thing. The five children's parents had just been killed. And she grabbed the kids and was trying to get this car because her car wasn't big enough. But the boyfriend who's abusive broke her window out and they took the keys and ran off with the keys. So this chaos is going on and the officers show. And I, I tell you this story because it wasn't until... They heard her story 
And I can show you the videos. I can show you Officer Todd taking the kids and throwing them up in the air and catching them. And the kids coming and hugging the place. At the end. But at the end was because relationship happened. Are you, are you hearing me? We're so distant. We're so removed. And the problem with that is... We've been studying this, the, the, the book of Daniel. This is week two of a study of we're doing of the book of Daniel. And, and it, it's so significant because Daniel and his friends were in an ungodly culture doing, during a really strange time where there was lots of controversy going on. Does that sound familiar? Daniel and his, his friends, they didn't compromise, but they had influence in their culture. And that's what we're looking for. If, if, we are, if we really are the, the people of God, if we, if we really are the people of God, then we're supposed to have influence on our culture. Right? In, in, a, in a positive way. But how do you do that? In the chaos. How, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you bridge the gaps? Of brokenness and, and, and relational issues. And, and come on, there's not a person in here who has, doesn't have. And if you say you don't, you're in denial. Who doesn't have some kind of filters. Who doesn't have some kind of experience which taints us in some way. In the way we look at each other. And the way that we do relationship. And so... I want to say this to you this morning. We as God's people, we're either going to set the culture or we're going to reflect the culture. And I believe when I read my word that God has called his people to set the culture, not just reflect it. But we so quickly, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fear that me set culture, me, like I, how, I, eh, I don't know. I, I'm just going to hide back here. And when we do that, we have this tendency. And listen, it's the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat. A thermometer tells the temperature, reflects the temperature. A thermostat sets the temperature, right? This has been kind of intense. So it's, it's a good moment for a little bit of laughter. So my boy Boudreaux. Made me think of it because of thermos. And a, Boudreaux got him a new thermos. That's what he calls it, a thermos. Boudreaux's my Cajun friend. Not very educated from the backwoods. He got a new thermos. He came into work and Thibodeau was there. Thibodeau said, what that? He said, oh, that's my new thermos. Thibodeau said, the thermos? What'd it do? He said, well, keeping the hot, hot and the cold, cold. Thibodeau said, how do it know? Boudreaux said, I don't know. He just know. He said, well, what you got in there? He said, I got a bowl of gumbo and two popsicles. <laughs> all right, enjoy it. That's probably all the laughter you're going to get because it's intense today a little bit, right? But we're to be a, thermos, a, 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 a thermostat. We're supposed to set temperature. And yet if we're really, if we're really honest, come on, most of us go, me, set temperature, <laughs> Me set culture, me like have that kind of influence, and we downplay who we are, and we downplay our calling. Listen to me, here's what the scripture says. You're to be salt and light. What does salt and light do? Salt makes things better. Light makes things brighter. Everywhere you and I go, we're supposed to make things better and brighter. Every room that we walk into should be a little bit better and a little bit brighter because we came to that place. Listen to me. Social media should be better and brighter because you showed up. Right? That's, that's, that's the calling. Listen to this. On Thursday night before Jesus went to the cross, John seventeen fifteen, it says this. Check this out. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, No, 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 we're not going to take them out of the world. Which is what most of us do. Come on. We're Christians and we hide in our nice little Christian bubble. 
Right? And, 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 and we make sure that we only stay around certain kind of people. And then we do this thing called evangelism. You know what evangelism is? We're all going to sit here in our little Christian bubble and then, oh, we're supposed to do evangelism. We're supposed to go out there and get some of them sinners. So we're going to put together a little posse with some tracks. You know what I mean? We're going to go running out here into the, the bad world. We're going to grab a couple of them and try to bring them back to our little circle. And that's what it looks like. And that's why the world looks and goes, well, you're a hypocrite because you don't want me. You don't want to learn who I am. You just want to bring me back and have me perform like you perform. And what did Jesus do? It says he was friends of prostitutes. Have you ever thought that through? What were the conversations like? You ever get around somebody who maybe you're trying to be like godly and you're trying to be good with your words and your mouth and all that kind of stuff and you get around somebody who's like drops the F-bomb every other word and the, and the awkwardness of that moment, you know, that you like, and you're like, do I correct him? Do I not correct him? <laughs> I'm trying to, do, do I smile? Do I not smile? If I, if I smile, I'm approving. If I don't smile, then I'm a judgmental. Do you know what I'm talking about or is that just me? Yes? How awkward was it for Jesus to get his hands dirty? Now listen, we've got to be careful. We can't sit and hang out because guess what happens? You get influenced, right? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But we also can't look at people like projects. We've got to look at it relationally, right? Last week we talked about the need to balance truth, God's standard, with grace, God's favor. And because culture is, culture is creating a confrontation for us. Would you not agree with that right now? Like it's creating confrontation. Moments for you to, like what are you going to say? How are you going to respond to this? Right? There, there, there's these moments of, of confrontation. And listen to Ephesians 5 and 11. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness. So we're not supposed to take part in it. We're not supposed to be a part of it. But didn't Jesus just pray that we're not supposed to be, he's not going to take us out, but it says, but you'll protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. So we're not of the world, but we're still in the world. And I, and I'm feeling this, this struggle, this conflict of who, what do I say? But I'm with my Christian friends now. Praise the Lord. Yes? Come on, can we, can we get really real for a minute? And so, what does it look like? How do we overcome this, this thing? How do we really be salt and light? And it says here, it says in Ephesians, take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Okay. So let's take a minute and let's expose the darkness that's around you. Because here's my opinion. There's one, one main work of darkness. One main idea that we need to expose. Started in the garden. Here's Adam and Eve standing there in front of the tree. Here comes the serpent. Most of you remember the story. Serpent tempts her. And what are the words that he says? He says, oh, if you eat this, you'll be like God. You know what the issue is? You can call it pride. You can call it confusion. Listen to me. But it's an increasing of self and a decreasing of God. Happens again at the Tower of Babel. Do you remember the Tower of Babel? They're going to build a tower. God says to them, be fruitful and multiply and spread out all over the earth. That's what they're supposed to do. So he tells them. And they go, nah, we don't think so. We think we'll build us a tower so we can get to God. Why? I'm trying to elevate myself so we at the same time lessen God. It's confusion. It's confusion. Elevation of self. Self-adoration. Self-building. self Come on. I'm going to preach a little today. Hope you got your steel-toed boots on. That we are so focused on me and my comfort 
and what I want. Right? It was miserable last week in church if you were here. Right? I, I, I think I lost like 15 pounds preaching last week because it was so hot in here. And God loved the Bowens who had like six babies back there sweating. And, you know, like I think Miss Jamie probably had to hose the girls off when they got home. Listen, listen, self, me, I want, the way I want it, how I want it, when I want it, we do it in the church. Hey, Pastor Mike, when are we going to sing a hymn? Because, you know, I'm going to sing that song. You know that song that, that Marcus did at the end? It's kind of like a signature song of Marcus, like one of the first songs he ever did here. And it's funny because when we do that song, it seems like there's a bigger response. And then when we do other responses, it's a different, different response. Why? Because, oh, this song. Oh, I love this song. Let me ask you at that moment, who worships about? I'm going to go somewhere else because they have better worship. I'm going to go somewhere else because they have better teaching. I'm going to go somewhere else because he does those blessing things and Pastor Mike steps on my feet way too much. Come on. This is, listen to me guys, if we're going to solve and be who God's called us to be, I got to come at you a little bit today. Because can I be honest with you, God's been coming at me. God's dealing with my pride. Right? God's dealing with this little redneck boy from Mississippi on my views and my thoughts and how I'm dealing and where I lack relationship and how I'm engaging people. At the same time that the elevation of self comes the lowering of God. And we say things like, God doesn't love me. If he loved me, then he would fix this. That statement, listen to me, is a heightening of self and a lowering of God. Do you hear it? If he loved me, he would do this the way I think it should be done. Right? God isn't for me. Why would you say that? Well, because I haven't gotten what I want. Do you hear it? Do you hear the, the message? God wants way too much from me. Like, I want to get involved with the church, but I don't want to get that involved. Right? Or, or, oh, God forbid the pastor start talking about, I'm going to say it. Are you ready? You prepared? Money. Listen, listen. Come on. We're, we're going to attack something this morning. I'm attacking something this morning in me and in you. We need, we need to attack this, 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 this false, this lie, this, this pride, this self-absorbed, self-centered thing that has happened to our church, not just our, the big C church. We love to sing about and talk about blessings. We love to talk about God comforting. Nobody wants to hear the message, you gotta get your junk together. <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear the message, obey. Listen, it's pride. You want to know why people are out clashing in the streets? Because both sides are wrong. Everybody's wrong. It's pride. I want what I want, the way I want it, when I want it, how I want it, where I want it. Yes? And until God's people, and I'll start with me. Until God's people get serious enough to look in the mirror. You want to fix culture? Go look in the mirror first. Because if I'll get serious and look in the mirror and go, what is my problem? Where is my pride? What, what is wrong with you, Mike Matheny? That you're a monster on the road. What is wrong with you? What is the pride that says everyone should be out of my way in the left lane? Come on. But what about you? Can, can, can we be that honest this morning? Honest enough to say, instead of me getting on social media and posting everybody else's problems and fixing everybody with the perfect argument, then I might look in the mirror and go, you know what? If I would just start with me and my household, 
I think Joshua said it this way, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Right? Come on, God's people. That we would look and say, God, fix what's broken in me. It's time, it's, it's past time for me to get real about the hurts and the habits. Come on, if you're dealing with pornography, you need to come talk to somebody about it. If you're flirting with somebody at work, you need to talk to some. This is why we do small groups. This is why we need to get real. Listen to me. There is not a person in here who is not jacked up. Look around. You see, there's some jacked up people in here. And if you're looking around going, they don't look too bad. That's because they're looking at you. (laughs) See, we've gotten to a place, listen to me, of cultural insanity. And it's a confusion that goes back to the garden. It's a confusion that says elevate self and lower who God is. It's a pride inside of each one of us. And I want to jump back into Daniel and show it to you in the story of Daniel today. Daniel chapter 4. Here we go. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders. Check this out. That the most high God has performed for me. How great are his signs. How mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures for generation to generation. And you're going, whoa, 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 what? Because last week we were reading about Nebuchadnezzar who came in and tore down Israel. And stole all of the stuff out of the temple. And hauled the people off into exile, right? This, this is the pagan guy, right? Like this, this is the guy that was out of control and and full of himself and everything else. Yes, it was. Because he's now going to tell us his story. Listen to this. This is Nebuchadnezzar's journey. I dare say it might be some of our journey if we're brave enough to take it. Cultural insanity. Daniel 4.4 says this. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace. So here he's going to go back. Now he's telling. He's going to go back and tell us the story of this transition of what God did in his heart and in his life. I was in my palace, contented and prosperous. Check those words. Contented and prosperous. Right? Listen to me. Cultural insanity is when we're self-sufficient instead of God-dependent. Self-sufficient instead of God-dependent. Let me say it to you this way. Here's something that we love to say. We love to justify our keyboard courage with a word, conviction. Well, these are my convictions. Listen to me. I needed to find that word for you. Because conviction is something the Holy Spirit brings. In other words, conviction is not something Uncle Joe taught you. Or the white neighborhood you grew up in said. Or the black neighborhood that you grew up in said. Conviction is something the Holy Spirit gives you. Right? And so there's a big difference there. Whether I'm self-absorbed, where it's about me and my thoughts, or I'm God-dependent. In other words, I bring nothing to the party. I sat with somebody this week and did some counseling with them. And the next thing you know, we got into something kind of heavy and he ended up in tears a little bit and we were dealing with some brokenness inside of him. And he looked at me and said, uh, you're really good at this, Pastor Mike. And I had been going through this. So I looked at him and I said, no, 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 no. I suck. To which I got like a <laughs> kind of a response like some of you right now. I said, you need to hear something. I suck. I'm a terrible person. I am selfish and full of me. I like what I like. But you know what just happened is the Holy Spirit just spoke. Listen to me. Nothing that we do or have is because we're so great. But some of us have bought that a little bit. Be honest. My thoughts, my stuff, my business that I built. Come on. So easy and quickly. The enemy likes to get us to a place where we are not God dependent, but we are so self-sufficient. The verse goes on and it says, your majesty. Oh, so, so let me jump down to, uh, into, uh, verse 22. So here's what happens. 
Nebuchadnezzar tells the story. And he has a dream. And in his dream, he has a tree. There's this big tree, flourishing tree, branches, birds, the whole deal. And in his dream, the tree gets cut down and a stump is left. Right? And Nebuchadnezzar, for whatever, he's a dreamer. So he has dreams and he goes and he asks people, I need you to interpret the dream. He goes to all of his sorceries and magicians. Hey, can you interpret this dream? And nobody can give him the interpretation. But of course, Daniel. Why? Listen to me, really critical. Daniel, he prayed three times a day. Three times a day. Because God, somehow, Daniel had the ability to be God-dependent. Listen to me, even though God had raised him up. You know when the worst time for us to be God-dependent is? Is when we're prosperous. It's why when things are going great in our country, churches empty out. And when 9-11 hits, the churches come back. Right? Because when we're prosperous, Daniel had the ability, when he was prosperous, to continue his dependency upon God. So he gives the interpretation. He says this, your majesty, you are that tree. Well, that's words that will get your head cut off when you say that, right? You're that tree. You have become great, strong. Your greatness has grown and to reach the sky. Your dominion extends to the distant parts of the earth. Your majesty saw a holy one, a messenger coming down from heaven, an angel saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump. How many of you are glad we serve a God who always leaves a stump? Come on. There is always the possibility of regrowth. There is always the possibility of restoration. That's who our God is, right? That's exactly what he does in this story. Leaves the stump bound with irons and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with dew. So (laughs) what it describes here is it says, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, Not only are you going to get cut down, you're going to live like an animal. You're going to eat grass and you're going to, you're going to feel the dew. In other words, you're going to sleep outside until morning because the dew will be upon your skin. Right. And he gives this whole interpretation. He says in in verse 24, this is the interpretation, your majesty. And this is the decree the most high has issued against my Lord, the King. Verse 25, you will be driven away from people and will live like wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle, be drenched with dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you, that's seven years, will pass by for you until the acknowledge the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men, giving them to anyone he wishes. Here's another piece of cultural insanity that goes back to lowering God and elevating us. Cultural insanity is when we give ourselves the credit instead of thanking God. It's when we give ourselves the credit, right? The the, the reality that I go, do you see the business I built? Do you see what I have? There's a a verse talking about how Nebuchadnezzar comes out and he looks out over the gardens, which was one of the seven great wonders of the ancient world. And he's like, look at this greatness I've built. Like he grew the plants or something. And yet we do, listen church, we do the same thing. There is nothing that you have that God didn't give to you. But I built this business. Really? 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 So like you're telling me at birth you had nothing. You had no one to coach you. You had no mentors. You weren't given a Bible to have any kind of good principles to. You got nothing and you just all of a sudden built a business. Come on. Listen, we stand on the shoulders of those who go before us. The reality is, is the reason I stand on this stage is not because Mike has done a whole lot, but because God has decided this is my place today and because there have been people that have gone before me, that have invested in me, right, that have helped build me. That's all all God. That's all God. Why? Listen, most of y'all think you know me. If you know me, you go to church somewhere else. I know me. I know the thoughts I have. I know the heart that I'm battling every day. Right? I know, I know the, the selfishness and, and what that looks like. But that God would, would choose you to do a work. And so we've got to have this attitude of gratitude. We've got to go back and go, I give you honor and I give you praise. And, 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 and it's all you, God. Right? It's, it's all you. It is all yours. Why do we freak out about tithing? You want to know why? Because we don't believe 100% of it is his. 
he just talked about money for the second time. Third time, I'm out of here. All right, listen. Listen. This is heart check. This is heart check. Because God's people need to be God's people, not their own people with God every once in a while. Right? Like we've got to be really real and honest. We have become arrogant. Here's how arrogance plays itself out. Guy holding the sign. Well, if you just go get a job, McDonald's is hiring. You know what? What you just said might be technically accurate. But is it helpful, kind, or loving? Or is it just arrogant when you don't know the story? I bet there's some of them out there that they really have a story that if you got to know the story, you'd go, holy cow, can I give you a hand? Are there fakes? Yes, there's fakes. But we have become so callous to this world when we go over here and we deal with, you know, the sinners. Come on, think about that process in your head. Is that not an arrogance? Like you're not a sinner. Right? We come to a place where we start to look at all people and just going, man, they're struggling just like I'm struggling. You know what I just haven't done? I just haven't taken time to hear their story. I haven't taken time to hear the mom's story when the police showed up. You understand what I'm saying? The connection that, that happened. Relationship. 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 First Corinthians 4 and 17. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Man, we've got to address something in our hearts. Man, we've got to address something about mine, my house, and my money, and my car, and my stuff, and all this. Listen to me. You are, at best, a steward. Are you hearing me? The God of the universe, for whatever reason, decided to let you have this place in the story. And give you the ability to have the resources that you have. And you are just a steward. Those are not your kids. Those are treasures, that lives that God gave you to steward that they might become who he created them to be. Those are not my finances. That's not your raise. That's not your raise. God gave you that for a reason. Have you asked him what he wants you to do with it? Before you plan on putting the down payment on that next boat. Right? Like We've got to come to this place and get out of this cultural insanity that has driven us to being so arrogant and separated from each other. Let me go back to Daniel 4.26. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored. Come on, somebody say amen there. Right? That your kingdom will be restored. And when you acknowledge that, heaven rules. When you acknowledge that heaven rules. Cultural insanity is when we think we know best instead of acknowledging that heaven rules. It's when we think we know best. Come on, every single one of us has done that whole, well, you know what they should do? If they would just get their junk together, well, if they would just spank those kids, good Lord. Come on. We've all done it. We've all taken that arrogant stance and that arrogant place when we don't know a story. And Because you know what? We don't make the time to do a relationship. We don't make the time to get to know where somebody else is. And their hurts. And their struggles. And what they're going through because we're so busy building our own kingdoms. We're so busy building our own stuff that we don't have time to get uncomfortable. Jesus was constantly uncomfortable. So here's what I'm going to say to you. If your life is comfortable, you're probably not following Jesus. That was a pretty harsh statement, wasn't it? And yet, listen to me, he hung out with prostitutes and sinners and was in constant uncomfortable conversations and situations. Does that make sense? So why is it that you and I are trying so hard to follow the American dream and build a white picket fence with 2.3 kids and 1.3 dogs? And the perfect little scenario that is not, listen to me, that's not biblical. That's a, that's a facade that's been created called the American dream. 
that distracts us from the call of God that is on your life. You got about 80 years, some of you less, some of you a lot less, you just don't know yet. You got about 80 years or so. Mr. Wally, I don't know what they got, man. Wally's like 147 now, so he's, he's still hanging in there. Listen, listen, you've got a certain amount of time to do what it is that God has called you to do, and it's not about a house, and it's not about a boat, and it's not about a car, and it's not about working for the weekend, and it's not about those things. It's about relationship. It's about being salt and light, that everywhere we go, things might be better and brighter. Come on, somebody. Isaiah 60, uh, 66 and 2 says this, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and who tremble at my word. Woo. Woo, that's, that's good. That's heavy stuff right there. Because we'll read along in the Bible till we get to that one verse that we don't like. And we go, well, yeah, but I feel differently. Come on. We're either God's people or you're not God's people. We can't take parts out. We don't get to do the whole, like, take some scissors and cut this little piece out. I don't like that part. Right? That are humble and contrite before God and tremble at his word. Whatever, listen to me, whatever you say, God, is what I do. Whatever. And I don't like it. I like Mike. Mike, I like the American dream idea. Can I tell you all that? I like it. I like the thought of like me and Jen and the girls. Maybe we get a boat, you know, and we've got Yeti as our dog. And Yeti's on the boat with us. And we get to play and we get to do and vacations. Blah, 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 blah. In the midst of that, what is God calling us to do as a family? Because we are being distracted and wasted. And we're in this place of, you know what? I'm, maybe you're at the place where you're, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to like completely elevate myself and completely lower God. I'm just going to kind of go 50-50. Right? Like I'm going to show up to church and I'm going to serve and I'm going to do this. But then I kind of want me time. I kind of want, and, and listen to me, I need you to hear this. Jesus is either first place in your life or he won't be in your life. That's his word. That's what he says. He's, a, I'm a jealous God. I don't, I don't take second. Right? And so we can go through these motions, but I, I'm, I'm begging you. I mean, if you can't hear the desperation in my heart today for you and the desperation in my heart for our culture and the desperation in my heart for our church, the church to really become the church. And what that means is that I must decrease and he must increase. He has to become all. Daniel 4, 27. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right. So let's, let's do this. Can we take this as a directive towards us? Does that make sense? Right? Like that God might say this to us in our hearts. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. By being kind to the oppressed. Who's oppressed around you? Who do you need to be kind to? It may be that then your prosperity will continue. All this happened to the king Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built and the royal residence by my mighty power? Do you hear it all? Right? And the glory of my majesty. Even as the words were on his lip, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. The royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from the people and will live with wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you. Acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over all the kingdoms on the earth and given to anyone who wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from the people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. That's nasty, somebody. Come on. Let me get the band to come back up because we're going to close out today and, and, and sing one more time and give God a little glory today. But I want to close out as the band's coming because I titled today's message, listen to me, Sanity Restored. Sanity Restored. Because the goal 
of us as followers of Christ is to set a temperature in our culture, right? Is to be salt and light, right? Is to make things better and brighter in everywhere that we go. So how? How do we restore insanity? And you guys know, I like to kind of teach, but then I like to give you something real, like something practical that you can sink your teeth into tomorrow morning that you can put into play. And so I want to give you, I want to read you the rest of his story and what happened. And then I want to give you three statements that I'm going to ask you to put somewhere, consider, really work towards what does this look like in your life? Daniel 4 and 34 says, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, catch these words, and my sanity was restored. See, he was confused. He was deranged. There's a confusion and a derangement that's going on in our culture. There's a confusion and there's a derangement, listen to me, that's going on in the mirror. And we've got to start in that place. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven. Do you hear Him going, me nothing, God everything? Do you hear it? No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. You know what that is? Is you give your life to get your life. Right? That's the message that we've heard if we've been in church very long. To, to have your life, you gotta, you gotta die to self. Right? You die to self, you, you get the life that you were supposed to. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and ex- exalt and glorify the King of Heaven because Everything he does is right, and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Let me give you three statements. I'm going to close because I've been gone way over today, but I needed to say what I needed to say today. I hope that's okay. Number one, I will exalt God. I will exalt God. Let me say it to you this way. It comes time for worship. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kind of sing a little bit. Put my hands in my pockets. But when college football season comes, you'll paint a, a letter on your chest for a bunch of goobers you don't even know. See, the scripture says this. The scripture says, raise your hands in the sanctuary. The scripture says, I will dance before the Lord. And that's, that's a challenge. Because we're like, you know, that's, that's just not my style. I, that's funny because last I checked, worship wasn't about you. Nor your style. It's about exalting him. Come on. And so the reason I stand and raise my hands and worship is not because I always feel it. Can I be honest for a moment? Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. Come on. Sometimes I'm standing up here and I'm singing and I'm worshiping like this. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm so mad at my wife right now. I can't believe she said that to me yesterday. And you might go, well, that's, that's, that's fake. That's, no, that's not fake. That's not phony. That's me doing above and beyond my feelings. Because I will exalt him. Right? You got a song your grandmama used to sing? Come on. church come on sing it one more time come on sing it one more time above and beyond your feelings today give him praise forget about you God we give you honor and glory in this house today you are so good 
Psalm 145.1, I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Let me ask you. Now, can I ask you to exalt him tomorrow? Not just because it feels good right now. But that you might get up tomorrow morning and say, today I exalt you, God, above myself, above my sinful nature that wants it the way I want it, how I want it. Amen? Number one, I will exalt God. Number two, I will acknowledge God. I will acknowledge God. First Corinthians 4 and 7. What are you so puffed up about? <laughs> what do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you have accomplished something on your own? Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to acknowledge God tomorrow. You need to walk into that cool office that you think is so cool because you put it together and you love the way it's set up. And go, God, this is your office and I'm so thankful for it. You need to walk into your house this afternoon and go, this is not my house. This is God's house. And I'm so grateful for all that you've given me. You need to walk into every situation that you have this week. Listen to me and acknowledge and acknowledge and have a thankful heart and have gratitude towards God. I will exalt God. I will acknowledge God. And number three, I will humble myself. Come on, somebody else struggle with that one like I do. I can be a cocky butt, man. I can be so full of myself sometimes. Anybody else or is it just me? It's just me. All right, well, y'all hold on for a second. I'm going to preach to myself. That I would humble myself. And listen to me, what does that mean? Humble means doesn't mean that you think less of yourself. Right? It's not this, oh, I'm terrible. and I'm, No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're daughter, son of the king. You're heir to the throne. You sit in high places in the heavenly place. No, 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 no. It's not that you think less of, listen to, it's that you think of yourself less. It's not about me. This week is not about you. The work that God has put before you to do this week is not about you. It's about what he has given you to do. So what does that look like, church? What does it look like for a a group of people to get past this cultural insanity that is at war with each other over ideas and thoughts and I think this and racial that and and what it is? It's a bunch of prideful, I know it all people who have lessened who God is when God's word says to be kind. Remember what I said last week? He didn't call us to be right. He called us to be effective. And that that requires us being kind. That requires us slowing down and doing relationship. Yes? And so I challenge you. I just want to challenge you to humble yourself. I want to challenge you to be real honest. I want to challenge you to do the mirror thing that God's been taking me through. And I think that if a group of people will be really honest and humble themselves... And raise him up. We can change the world with a group of people like that. He can do miraculous things. He, he, he can even get us to the point where Orlando's known for Mickey, but Leesburg is known for Jesus. If, if, if we'll humble ourselves, exalt him. Does that make sense? So let's do this. Would you stand to your feet for a second? I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to worship out of here. Would you close your eyes for a second? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you be honest? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you look in the mirror? And deal with the stuff in me. Deal with the selfishness inside of me. The arrogance inside of me. Today, God, I give you everything give it all back to you. It's all yours. You've given everything that I have, God. Even to the shirt on my back at this moment. So we humble ourselves. Some of us for the very first time, we humble ourselves before you, God. We ask you to be our Lord and Savior today. We surrender our hearts to you today. For others of us that have been walking with you for years, and yet we recognize the pride and the arrogance. 
God, would you help us to humble ourselves so that we can be salt and light? So we can make every place that we go better and brighter. We ask it all in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. We're going to sing this song one more time because these words are powerful based on the message that God has given us today. So let's, let's sing this song. And nothing else And nothing else And nothing else will do Cause I just want you And nothing else And nothing else church give him give me praise exalt him today and i just want to sit here at your feet i'm caught up in this holy moment i never want to leave deal with that pride oh, no. come on cause Jesus you don't know nothing absolutely nothing God Lord more than anything that you can do yes I just want you and I'm sorry Just gone through the motions, and I'm sorry. Yes, God, we're not just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. Yes, I opened up my heart to you. And I'm sorry. Come on, church, let's repent today. When I come with my agenda, and I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough, yes. take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Father, thank you for your love for us. 
Wow. Oh, I'm not here for blessing. Come on, sing it. Come on. Because Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Lord, more than anything that you can do. Lord, I just want you. So church, let me challenge you this morning. Because God kind of laser pointed some things inside of us chiseling going on in our hearts today right would you go now with the thought brighter and better everywhere I go has to be brighter and better and the only way it gets brighter and better is I, I lessen and he increases amen give him this week give him your all hand it back to him and let him see let you, you'll see what miraculous things he can do with your life what he can do with our church, what he can do in our community. Amen. Love each, every one of you. Love to have you in life steps right after this. We'll be in the rock. We'll see you guys next week.